0: Welcome to the Everybody Soccer Podcast. This week we'll be talking about Casey Keller's article on ESPN. It was an insider subscription only article, so most people missed it. So uh, that's why we're going to talk about it. He goes on to make a number of points as to why he thinks the state of MLS goalkeeping has dipped in recent years compared to in the past when it was much stronger. And this is really on the heels of the MLS Cup where we saw... A couple of goalkeeping blunders, first minute we see Steve Clark for Columbus receive a back pass, takes a little bit of a heavy touch, Think he has a little, he, he thinks he has a little bit more time than he does, and Portland's Diego Valeri comes in, hard tackle, Clark tries to hit it out, bounces off Valeri in for a goal, not even 60 seconds in, Columbus is down 1-0. Still in the first half we see Portland's Adam Clarice try to punch out a ball within a crowd, doesn't get a good contact on it, slips off his, his fist, goes to the ground, a little bit of a scuffle hidden for a goal. You know, first half, the biggest game for MLS, we see two two big goalkeeping errors and uh, unfortunately, that this a lot of people are looking at this as a representation of the league. And, and you know, that's not really the case. It's not fair to say even if even if they had great games, that it's not accurate to say that one game it, it is an overarching theme or, or or tone for the entire league's goalkeeper. So, um, and, and even on top of that, it doesn't make sense that these goalies were making, making these bonehead plays all season and they somehow got their team to the final unless every team has just really bad goalkeepers. So, um, you yeah, know, I, I, I don't, I don't like the idea that uh, what, or I don't like the, the premise of Keller's argument that goalkeeping has really dropped out. So before we get into the point points that he makes, um, there's, there's two things coming together. way. So first of all, you know, Keller is looking at the these very specific moments within MLS and making these broad stroke arguments when really Keller himself, you know, he, he's, he's been known for his bonehead plays as well. So 2011, he wins the MLS Goalkeeper of the Year Award. When there was uh, one game against Real Salt Lake that, you know, he there's a ball shot, it's trickling past the goal, it's going to be a harmless goal kick, he goes to dive to try to keep the ball in, you and it from there somehow dives throws the ball into his own net it was going to be a goal kick and now it's an own goal on Keller you know there was a world cup qualifier where he went to clear the ball out and smashed the ball off some Mexican striker's face into a goal so if we want to look at you know specific instances you know, Keller doesn't have a have a perfect rap sheet and it would have been nice if he at least had mentioned well you know sometimes goalies mess up but that's not really the point but he, he doesn't really do that so that's one thing. The other thing we really need to establish is that not only have American fans really been spoiled on goalkeepers for the last 15 years or so, but that tying MLS to the U.S. Men's National Team, as far as goalkeepers goes isn't very accurate. The the ma- vast majority of appearances from a U.S. Men's National Team goalkeeper was when he wasn't playing at MLS. And right, we've got Friedel, we've got uh, Howard, Guzan, Marks Hahnemann, all coming from MLS at one point, but they didn't stay there that long, and, and some really wanted to get out faster than others. So um, it, it's not a good premise for the article to, to, that we're starting off here. So you're know, look, looking at his points, he, he makes four, and the, the first one being rapid expansion has really dil- diluted the talent pool. And uh, I, I would agree with this for pretty much any other sport, in america you know we can look at football where players that are we're on if we just double double the teams for the nfl just tomorrow players that were on the bench are getting cut are now becoming starters well that's not really the case for soccer we we have all these hundreds of of premier league teams across the world and, and thousands of players sitting somewhere on the bench that could come to mls and immediately start so just because mls has added 10 teams over you know, a couple of decades. It doesn't. It, it, it's not like we, we've just ran at, ran out of players instantly, and we see the NASL doesn't really rely on American goalies that much. I, I'd say maybe sixty to seventy percent are American goalkeepers, which is much less than MLS. So you know, there are goalkeepers out there that they can bring in, and then I, I guess the one point I would concede is that <laughs> MLS hasn't really done a great job of scouting goalkeepers in the first place. So we took a look over at American soccer analysis of the goalkeeping rosters for all MLS teams going into the 2015 season. There were 60 goalkeepers. 18 of them weren't weren't draftable. That They came either in as a homegrown contract or played overseas and brought in. So take away those 18. We've got 42 left that, that could have been drafted at some point. Well, 16 of them, 16 of those 42, went undrafted and still got into the league so 38 percent of the goalkeepers of those 42 could have been drafted at one point didn't and still found their way into the league so really they they haven't really scattered that well in the past before so i guess in some sense with stretching out these extra teams you know it's even harder for teams to scout goalkeepers because they weren't that very good at it to begin with so i guess i, they, I would concede that point though um Keller's second argument as to why goalkeeping is dipped is because we've had a lot of good goalkeepers retire. And I I would say that that's accurate, that we we have seen good goalkeepers retire. We have Joe Cannon, Kevin Hartman, Matt Reese. I think he's implying himself to some extent that these goalies that set a lot of records aren't in the league anymore. Well, they set a lot of records because there wasn't anyone playing before them. All all these goalies that set these records, they've been in the league longer than the the league has existed without them. You know, they, They've been in, maybe not the first year, but one of those early years, and they just continue to play for such a long time. Kevin Hartman owns all these records because he was in the league for so long, there wasn't anyone before him to do it. So I, I, don't, I don't know if, if looking at numbers is really an accurate representation. And uh, it, it has been kind of a, a point of MLS since Pretty early on to play young goalkeepers. You know, we talked about Friedel, Howard, Gazan, Alman. Um, they're all playing at a young age before they go overseas. So um it's not like there were only old goalkeepers that are really established veterans. Now they're retiring, and now MLS has to rely first time ever on young goalies. That's that's not really the case. So um he does make an interesting point to give a nod to some current goalkeepers in MLS. So he, he names Luis Robles, Sean Johnson Behoomed. Well Really, this kind, of, this kind of ruined his his uh, credibility with with the article if he's going to name these three. Because look at Sean Johnson, uh, maybe maybe not the worst, but one of the worst goalkeepers that has been starting over the last couple of years. And we can talk about whatever potential he has. In the meantime, you know he's really been hurting Chicago, uh, and they they've really struggled there with him. And if we want to look at the number of save of the week wins that that sean johnson and bill hamid have had they've combined for a grand total of zero last year so and, and bill hamid again question mark and potential there's you know, a little bit of an argument on, on where he is on that but at most he had a good season i, I don't think he'd really we, we'd go out of the way to say he had a great season because we can look at little things here and there so it, even the the nod keller tries to give for mls isn't that strong and i, I would say Luis robles had a, a good season definitely um, but it would have been a little better if he had said maybe David Usted over in, uh, in Vancouver or maybe uh, Fry in, in Seattle, maybe some sort of more credible name that to tell that Ke- Keller was a little bit more in touch with the league. So it, it really feels like there's this over-romanticism with the past with Keller of, oh, it, it was so good in the past. Well, you want to look at all these goalkeepers. They really weren't in the league that long. Howard leaves after about two and a half years. Guzan leaves after three Hahnemann, Jorge Compost, Jürgen Sommer, Walter Zenga, they don't stick around for more than three years. So these, even the, the good goalies that he, he goes out to name aren't in the league that long, and the ones that set the records are really only only because they're the ones that are there. So the one And the ones that are leaving are either retiring or they're going to go sit on the bench in Europe somewhere for a little bit. So the, the level of MLS goalkeeping is definitely replaceable when we're trying to move on from these old goalkeepers retiring if you want to go look at the shutout records we have at seven pat Onstad, nine donovan ricketts 10 troy perkins 11 scott garlick 12 jimmy nielsen those are goalkeepers that are, are good you know definitely capable goalkeepers that nothing wrong with them some better than others but definitely replaceable and, and uh and is going to catch up to them they're all going to fall out of those those shutout records uh because goalkeepers are going to surpass them just for more time and For proof of that, David Usted has half as many shutouts Tony Miola does in a third of the time. So, you know, again, it almost feels like this uh, ignorant claim that that Keller's having that the league just isn't good. He's just name-dropping these great goalies, which, again, they were good goalies, and they're definitely retiring and not in the league anymore. But to say that there aren't any good ones now is just, you know, it's not accurate, and he's not really proving that in any way. His third point, which, which I actually thought was a really interesting idea, but um, I thought was a little thin, hey, he says that MLS has a lack of homegrown development, and he first cites that if England can't fill the EPL with their own goalies, how can America expect to? Well, I don't think that's, that's a really good point, because the EPL is one of the best leagues in the world, so may, may I, don't, I don't know if we're supposed to expect that the England has 20 world-class goalkeepers just laying around that can start for each of their each of their teams so that doesn't quite make sense so pushing that aside he he points to the fact that a lot of goalkeepers are going straight to Europe well a lot of those goalies that are going to Europe aren't good enough to play in MLS and we have a lot of young goalies going over there you know we can name some big names like Ethan Horvath, Zach Steffen, great but they're not really representative of, of the large number of goalies that are going over and there's really not that many goalies going over that there's really diluting the the talent pool and again it's not like we only have to rely on american goalies to have goalies in mls so um, and even on top of that i would not be i don't think any of us would be surprised if horvath or stefan came back to mls at some point you know that they, they go over there to get developed because it's, it's better for them than playing college that's fine but a lot of those goalies come back now. If they say over there, great, whatever. But a lot of those goalies do come back to play. Uh, I think we've already seen with Charlie Horton. He's always coming back. He, he's announced he's going to play for some MLS team. We don't know which, but you know we're, they, they do swing around. Uh, Robles, we've mentioned earlier, he left, he came back. Um, so that's it, it's not unheard of for a goalie to leave and, and come back over. So uh, the the last point he makes. Uh, which, which I would have liked to see this all fleshed out because it was a little confusing. But he says that the money is going to the creative players and not the goalies, which that is definitely the case. We, we see designated players going to strikers, wingers, creative midfielders, occasionally a defender, but we haven't had a goal yet to be a, a DP yet. Um, that doesn't mean that the, the level of goalkeeping in MLS has dropped. And we can even just look at a salary point, they're getting paid more now than they were in '96, 2000, 2005. The salary has continued to rise for goalies, even if they haven't had a big contract. You know, they're still getting, you know, increase in, in salary. And you know, just because they're not signing a a top end goalkeeper doesn't mean that the the rising tide hasn't hasn't gone up. So, um, and he he tries to make kind of a trickling down effect point, and I was really confused on it of saying that well because the money isn't going to the defenses, they're getting thin because of that. One one defender may be very athletic but not very good in the air or, or, or something like that, and it ends up affecting the goalie. I wasn't quite sure what he was trying to say with that, and I kind of would like to see that idea fleshed out a little bit more just to, to get on the same page with him. But, um, so so overall, we, we should, should note that endless goalkeeping isn't going down. It's definitely getting stronger from top to bottom. We're way past the days of players like Ray Burst starting, which if you don't know who Ray Burst is, that's okay. I'm sure he's a fine, fine person, not a great goalkeeper, definitely not one for MLS, um, but he, he got a number of starts because the league was so thin uh, between team to team and within rosters that you know he just kind of found himself starting for FC Dow. So um, it, it's not, we, we, we don't have that sort of, uh, hold hold the film anymore. Teams are being filled out. We have a connection with USL teams. The young players are, are getting time with, with those USL sides. And uh, in the meantime, we're having more consistent older players start for MLS. And once those young players do come up, they'll, they'll be able to fill out that role, whether they're American or not. So um, if we do want to look at the role for American goalkeepers with MLS, which is fair, it's our domestic league, that, that makes sense. Uh, it's a great starting point if 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 we want to get to a top-end goalkeeper, but they do need to leave at, at some point. MLS is not at the level that they can develop a goalkeeper to start for the U.S. national team, and that, that's just the reality of it. You, you, you facing the Chicago Fire is not a, as near as tough as facing some top European team week in, week out. It, it's just... You're just not seeing the competition there to truly really push yourself, regardless of whatever goalkeeper, coach, or club situation you have. You do need to leave around 23, 24 and go overseas. Now, what the future is for MLS, that's up for debate of you know, how it's developing goalkeepers, how it will develop goalkeepers, you know, whatever you want to say on that, that's fine. But right now, goalkeeper, goalkeepers can start here, but pr- pretty early into the career, they, they need to move on. If, if they're looking to, to have any sort of role in the U.S. national team, they need, they need to move on. Now they can say here that that's fine. Again, we'll, we'll see the rising tide effect, and maybe in the future it will be a great league to develop goalkeepers for the U.S. national team, but we're not there just yet. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. If you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to leave a comment below, or you can tweet at me at Let's All Soccer. Come back next week when we yet again talk about American goalkeepers.